Welcome to the Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast for Sportsbet. Follow your multi the easy way with Sportsbet's AFL Same Game Multi Tracker. Conditions apply. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. Let's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. I'm legendary. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lockman, Lima. What a legend. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Good morning all. Yes. Lemo and Jay-Z alongside me today. Joey's having a spell. In fact, he's looking after the kids because his better half has gone away. So he's having the... Uh, Saturday off, but has it's anyone, good to see you too. Has anyone checked in? Are the kids okay? <laughs> yes. Have they survived the week I all right? I think they are alive, okay. but he's still got a good week or so to go. Anyway, yes. how are you two? Oh, great. I'm great. Hey, I'm a big fan of Sarah Snook, the succession star. Oh, and she's you in Melbourne. Actually, you know her. You know her. Well, well, she, her partner is Dave Lawson, who is one of my... Yes. Uh, co-cast members on Utopia. So she, one of the biggest names in Hollywood, does she come and watch you act? No, she doesn't come and watch act, but she <laughs> did turn tips? up on, she turned up on set a couple of times. Yeah. You know, to come Isn't and see Isn't it amazing Dave. how, uh, you know, I wonder when someone like her begins filming Succession, does she realise how much it's going to change her life? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I doubt it. I mean, you just couldn't have forecast mm. that it would be the TV show of 2023. Yeah. Thursday. Talk about the movies. Yep. Have you seen either Barbie or what's it? Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Look, I haven't seen either of them yet. June Lemur. I'm dead keen to see Oppenheimer. I have to be honest with you, Kath. It's Barbie, three hours. Barbie. Yeah. yeah, I know, which I which is a real drag to be honest. Yeah. I've heard it's tense. <laughs> like real tense. It's a great Will you go see it? Yeah, love to. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait. It's Christopher Nolan and a friend of mine who's a mad Nolan fan reckons it's his best. Wow. wow, film, and that includes yeah, all the Yeah, I do want to see it. I just don't so, know how I'm going to go three hours. Uh, yeah. Now, Barbie, is it? Do you is are you is this a recommendation for everyone, Kath? Mm. Have you? I, I think it is. Yeah. You've seen it? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. And I haven't been to the movies in about five years, and yep. I went and see Barbie. Yeah. Um. With your... Yeah, it's good. It's just over the top. Lots of costume changes. Pink, pink, pink. Um. You just kind of can't. Oh. Help Sounds yourself, but you're not, keep watching. You know, you're not really selling it. Yeah, no, I'm not even going to try. Go see it if you've got, you know, it's, if it's you've do, got what the spare. Yeah. I'm if you've got, th- you yeah. got a spare thirty bucks, yeah. <laughs> if you've already rearranged your sock drawer, um, get the money. Just kidding. Hey, Lemo, guess what? I come straight from um, Ligon Street. I come, I come that way. Oh, I come down yes. Ligon Street, and you should see the peacocking and strutting oh. and the chest out. The buttons are down. The yes. buttons are down on the Ligon Street. Gold chains on display. I was in an Uber coming here today, yes. and I'm going down Flinders Street. I got just past Flinders Street Station. Yes. There's a bloke. Standing out on the street, who's clearly had an all-nighter. Yes. He's got a Carlton scarf on. He's punching a dart on the street. And I thought, <laughs> this bloke has gone out last night and it, celebrated it with an all-nighter. It would have been so yes. fun being a Carlton fan yeah. last night, though. Yeah. What yeah. a game. What a result. And just yeah. the corner they have turned since. Remember, they were in that six-game yes. losing streak rut. And now yes. they've yeah. beaten the best team in the comp. Well, they had they had the fireside chat, Lemo. They had the um... they did have they had the fireside. What do we call it? Well, it was a piss up, it wasn't was it? Let's be up. honest. <laughs> but it worked a treat. It did. The soul searching. Treat. It got together. They turned it around. Now they can't be beaten. They've knocked off the the red hot premiership favourite. And, and now we're talking. We're, from a leadership perspective, we're talking big business here. The AFL is big business. Yeah. The Carlton Football Club is big business. Mm. And it took a session on the Terps to get them back on track. <laughs> do they ever do this in a bank or something? Like if, like if Combank has bad quarterly results, do they get all the senior executive team? Yes, right, team. You know what we need to do? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get on the Terps. 
Dan I... Andrews needs one of these, I tell you. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's not get into politics. Let's just stay with sport and celebrate right. Carlton yeah. with their 17-point win over Collingwood last night. We're going to delve into that next. Here come the Blues again. Jackie Martin. Plays on, hooks it. Another one for the Blues. Oh, picked up by Charlie Kerno. He screws it back and goals. Got three, Charlie. Motlock, Motlock, Motlock. Grab the navy blue jumper right on the crest. Kerno plays on. One fist to the crowd. King Charles has got six. They are the navy blues. Can't win six in a row. And they knock off the red hot pies in a huge win. Huge win. What a statement by the Blues. They're now fifth on the ladder. Of course, they'll probably drop down by the end of the weekend, but they will be in the eight. What a result this was. Yeah, extraordinary. What a turnaround. Credit to Michael Voss and yep. the leaders because, I mean, I personally never doubted them. Marseille, when all the carry-on was going on about six. there was a lot of yeah, sort of <laughs> criticism and all that. you remember how they were playing during that six-game losing yeah. streak no, about a month ago yep. and to see what they were able to do last yep. night at the MCG. But also, Kath, have a think about where they were in the ladder. I reckon yep. they were fourth bottom were. at one point, and it was looking pretty bleak yep. for Carlton. And so huge doubts, but I'll tell you what, you've got to take your hat off to Charlie Kerner. So without Harry Mackay, I was like, right, how is the Coleman medalist going to handle the best defence in the competition? Mark Robinson, you go back six months ago, put him number one in his top 50 of the competition, and people sort of thought, what about Bontempelli? What about Petrarca? Are you sure about Kerner? Well, in the biggest game of the season, the biggest stage last night, Kicked six goals on Darcy Moore and Nathan Murphy and was absolutely outstanding. Do you so, think it would have annoyed him last week when everyone's gone, oh, I kicked 10 goals, but it was against West Coast? Because to. Michael Voss mentioned this in the press conference. <laughs> like, to. kicking 10 goals in any AFL game is yeah. an achievement, obviously. But no doubt it may have angered him a little bit. And then he's gone, all right, watch me tonight and kick six goals against Darcy Moore. <laughs> it was a 10 out of 10 performance. That must prick the ego. I agree yeah. completely uh, with it, Kath. These guys are competitors and in the middle. So there was a lot to pick apart in the engine room, but I thought they were fantastic in there. The pressure went up a notch. There was a lot more forward pressure. They guarded the corridor and they took Nick Dacos out of it, Lemo. So yes. we saw that last week, Port Adelaide, Willem Drew did the job on him. And then this is... Brownlow medal favourite, best player in the competition, Nick Dacos. And what a surprise. They put George Hewitt in him. Well, you know, run with run with roll on Nick Dacos, and he doesn't have a lot of impact. Is this a, is this a learning moment for every other team in the competition on how to beat the Pies? Well, we Will they be Will going over this with a fine-tooth comb? 100%. And it raises the question, what's every other team been doing for the past four yeah. months? It's been that obvious. Only really uh, Sydney has, uh, has tried. So, look, it is just huge now. And you think with... With Carlton, like what is possible? What is possible for the Carlton Football Club in this September? Because we came into this season, and you look at the list, they haven't played finals for a decade. It's like they are capable. They are capable. Weedering down back, Kerno, Cripps in the middle. They've beaten the top two teams in the last three weeks. Yeah, and their run home is Saints next week at Marvel, then the D's at the MCG, Gold Coast on the Gold Coast, and they finish with the Giants at Marvel Stadium. So a couple of tough games in there in terms of the D's and the Giants, but... Yep. Gee, when you watch Carlton last night, yep. you're probably tipping them in a couple of those. And the the conversation this week was all about, oh, geez, it's a shame that um, there's so many injury question marks over Carlton Cripps. Is he right now? Chera 
it looks like could have done his hamstring proper. He had ice. Mm. You saw you were doing the boundary last night for yeah, Fox. Yeah. So he was he had hamstring tightness during the week, didn't he? That yes. Decided to play him, and then it's backfired. A Rolled bit. the dice and looked like it's backfired. Yep. So if that's a standard hamstring, that's three or four. Maybe they don't get him back until the last game of the season. Back to Sam Walsh last week, and he's got just a two to three week hamstring, so he should be back in a fortnight. Yeah. So that does take a fair bit out of the middle. But Patrick Cripps, I mean, you take your hat off to him. Forty-one clearances to thirty-one against the midfield, which has been absolutely firing. The coach, Michael Voss, touched on not only his leadership, but the whole turnaround of the football club since that fireside chat. I've been really impressed with our leaders in more recent times. You know, the first conversation I had with them when we had to have some pretty tough ones was I had to have a few tough ones with them about where they saw themselves as leaders and they accepted it. No one blinked. And I think that says a lot about them. They didn't know quite how to go about it at that point in time but they've learned how to do that over the last little while and we'll just be stronger for the experience that we had. It was tough to get through. We're not at the end of it, um, but we're certainly getting plenty of rewards at the moment, which is pleasing to see. He sounds pretty relaxed there, but an honest conversation with Michael Voss yeah. in private would be pretty intimidating, <laughs> well, I reckon. That's the beauty of having Michael Voss as your senior coach, though, yes. because he's one of the greatest captains of all time. Exactly. Yeah. So well done to them. Jacob Weidering was fantastic last night. Mitch McGovern has found some form. He's out of contract at the end of the year. Bit of a whisper about maybe Brisbane being interested in him, but he's sort of back to that um, is some of his best form, and they took it up to the best um, the best team in the competition last night. And you just wonder if they got through, Kath, if they got into September, and you see around the oh, teams, yeah. you have St Kilda, Bulldogs, GWS. You're backing them now to get through, aren't you? Well, if they play like they did last night, and they're going to fill the joint. Imagine a big Friday night elimination final. Carlton versus, I don't know, Melbourne or Geelong, it would be off its head. If Richmond beat Melbourne this weekend, because I like staring at the ladder and coming up with scenarios, (laughs) could Carlton... Would Carlton just edge their way into the top four somehow? Because they do play Melbourne. Yep. Uh, And Melbourne, I think, have to play Collingwood as well in the coming weeks. Yeah. You know what? The... One of the interstate teams I want to see play finals is the Giants. Really? Yeah. Um, I think the Giants are a great story. I, you always want to yes. see a player like Toby yeah. Green play in the finals. 100%. He deserves it. Hey, do you know what we should do? Remember about two months ago, we um, opened up the lines to the Carlton fans. <laughs> oh, they were filthy. And they potted the club. <laughs> they potted us. They we have to revisit this. Could, well, do we turn the? Do we check out the flip side of the coin? Do we Let, get them to call in and pump up the blues? You know okay, what? what about? We'll do it after eleven this morning. After Carlton 11? fans, if you're listening, sit by your phone and yep. get ready because we want to hear from you. No, after but I want to. I want to hear the comparison. So I think we need to dig up <laughs> those. Revisit. Call- yep, let's okay. revisit them, and then we'll get our fresh callers to to join us and praise right. Carlton. After but they them. were filthy. <laughs> Beautiful. We're going to touch so, on the pies so. too. We're going to yeah, get to the pies. Let's talk about the pies a little Mason bit later. Cox. But Daniel Garb, he is a football expert. He's going to join us next to talk about the Matildas because they've got a huge game coming up Monday night in Melbourne. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1, Triple M. Hey, things are going to be tense Monday night oh, because the Matildas are back in action after their loss to Nigeria. It means they have to beat Canada on Monday night in Melbourne if they're to go through to the round of 16. So this is tense at the Women's World Cup. One man who's across it all, as always, is Daniel Garb, and he joins us. Morning, Garby. Jeez, are you nervous? I'm nervous ahead of this <laughs> Monday night game. 
Yeah, we're going to have to uh, occupy ourselves over the weekend. Gee, there's plenty of sport in order to do that. The Ashes, the footy, uh, plenty other things going on. And then uh, Monday night, it all gets very, very real for the Matildas, of course. Yeah, they most probably need to win. If they draw, they can still get through with a minor miracle. That's if Ireland beats Nigeria by two goals. Um, But that is a a hard ask. You don't want to be relying on that. If they lose, well, see you later. Um, But let's be honest, if the Matildas fail to get through the group stages and make it through the knockouts, it's one of the great failures in Australian sport. I don't think that's too big of a call. Like Home World Cup, a team that there should be a quarterfinal side, has been building for the best part of a decade. If they don't get through the group stages, it's right up there for me in terms of our most disappointing moments. So hopefully wow. that doesn't eventuate and we can make it through because it would be an enormous disappointment. Hey, Gabby, would it be one of the great disappointments in World Cup history? Because when was the last time a host nation missed the round of 16 in any World Cup? Yeah, well, the men's, it's happened a couple of times recently. Qatar were terrible at the men's world. Oh, of course, <laughs> Qatar. <laughs> right, okay. And, uh, South Africa <laughs> went much better in 2010. But yes, if you are a, a strong side, which the Matildas are, then usually you accelerate your performance as a result of being on home soil. And, you know, obviously Australia's copped a, a heavy blow of losing Sam Kerr. and We can talk a bit about that. I mean, that is an irreplaceable player. I don't care who you are, men's team, women's team, junior mm. team. You lose a top-class striker. You cannot replace them. I mean, Argentina don't win the Men's World Cup if Lionel Messi's not there. Mm. So it is a massive absence for the Matildas to not have Sam Kerr up front, especially against teams like Nigeria and, and Ireland who have tried to sit back and block up space and, and crowd the dangerous areas for uh, Australia. And it's made things hard. But uh, that being said, they should still find a way to get through these group stages. And it's going to be gripping on uh, Monday night as a result. I can't wait for it, Garby. Two big ones from me. One, when do you, what's your gut feeling on Kerr will play? When will she be back? This calf mystery. And also, do you think the coach's job is seriously on the line, as Robbie Slater says in the Herald Sun today? Well, I think he goes no matter what. I think he's been brought in for the World Cup. And look, if he can perform some sort of miracle from here on in, uh, maybe they throw big money at him and he decides he wants to stay for another four years. But I think he was here for for the World Cup and and that was his modus operandi. And they'll assess things after that. I mean, if they don't make it through the group stages, I mean, never mind not being coach again. I'm not sure he'll be welcome in Australia again. (laughs) Yeah, true. The jury's still out on Tony Gustafsson in a big way. I mean, he's... He said some nice things. There's been a couple of decent performances in the lead into the World Cup. The Olympics weren't bad a couple of years ago. But I think people are still to be convinced. And, yeah, right now it's not looking great for him. And and the Sam Kerr situation, how much of it can be attributed to the coaching staff, how much of it is just bad luck, you don't really know if you're in the inner sanctum. But it is fair to say at this stage that after a couple of taxing years for Sam Kerr, with Chelsea, with Australia, going back to those Olympics without much of a break in a really long season. Why was she involved in strenuous training at all? I mean, it's easy to say from the sidelines, but when you have a mm. player of such importance to the team, what was going on there? And mm. um, yeah, and whether she's going to be able to play, Tony Gustafsson said after the Nigeria game, it'll be a game day decision potentially. He feels as though he might find out tomorrow night if she'll be available. Uh, potentially, they'll have to fitness test her just before the game to make a call. Either way, I think she'll be on the bench. And if it's getting into a perilous situation late for the Matildas, she'll probably come on and try and engineer something. But in terms of what shape she'll be in to help Australia on the night, 
We just don't know. It's not looking great at the moment. Doesn't sound too promising, does it? Hey, Gabby, we appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. Hopefully, Matildas are through to the round of 16. Let's hope so. It'll be fantastic. Hey, Argentina lost against Saudi in their first game of the Men's World Cup and went on to win it. So it can be rectified from here. Um, Let's hope they do that on Monday night. I like your optimism there, Gabby. (laughs) Good to chat. It's All a, the best, guys. See ya. Thanks, Garby. It's great the um, these injury stories, you know, players coming back from comebacks, you know, yep. firing the – Cyril Rioli did it for you once upon oh, a time, come back from the hamstring. Yes, the 2014 uh, grand final when he played for Box Hill on the Sunday, was yes. taken off the ground at three-quarter time. Then Clarko started him in the guts in the 2014 grand final and he dominated. Anyway, I could talk about that for hours, but I won't. <laughs> no. I love that. You ever come back from an injury to rescue your team, Jay-Z? Not you yet. Not yet. Club cricket or That's something? Or? Fairy tale is yet to be written. <laughs> <laughs> the Dead Set Legends. Triple M. We were talking about injuries before and I asked you whether you've suffered an injury and then come back and made a, you know, fairy tale return. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, one of my sources <laughs> has just messaged me saying... Jay-Z, um, I'll change that word to hurt, he's back playing cricket a few years ago when I played with him, yet to recover. <laughs> yeah. That's quite there? courageous. Um, quite courageous. Had, yeah, Give actually, me a spell. Actually, that's true. I did really hurt myself and limped off in that game. Um, <laughs> Hang on, yeah, how did that you was, hurt your back playing cricket? Well, I was bowling fast. and I was, express, <laughs> I was bowling fast. fast express I, I heard... I heard yeah. you were bowling fairly straight off spinners off about two no, steps. No, it was quick. And I was playing in a team with like Matthew Lloyd, Dermot Brereton, like all these superstar footballers have been like the most courageous of courageous players, <laughs> particularly in dirt. And then I've like tweaked my back oh, bowling no. and then I limped off like an 80-year-old. <laughs> Dermy was disappointed in me. So that was, yeah, that I'll see happen. if my source can uh, clarify whether you were bowling fast or not. I was quick. I'll hold the phone on that one. Hey, let's get into some footy news. So yep. Brody Grundy, what's the latest with him? He's, he's going yep. to miss again yep. when Melbourne take on Richmond tomorrow at the MCG. What's his immediate future uh, looking like? Big story. Probably the biggest story of the trade period coming up, to be honest. He's missed out for a third straight game, be left out um, and left out on the emergency. So they've gone with Harrison Petty instead at full forward. Now, Lemo, when you think Harrison <laughs> Petty, what do, you, what do you sort of think? Well... I feel like Harrison Petty's more of a defender than a than a forward. Pretty much well played his whole career down back, a yes. fullback. So that says a bit about how things are going down there. He has kicked 11 goals over his career and has been used forward at times, but more of a defender. So it's this is really interesting. Now, Max Gorn is adamant that Brody Grundy will get another chance at the top level to prove himself. Currently, Simon Goodwin says he's down at Casey to improve his forward craft. Now, how's, how's that going? He kicked one goal last week, I think. But, Jay-Z, I can only go by the numbers I read in the Herald Sun. There's a great article, Kath, in the Herald Sun today, written by, where is it? Oh, Jay Clark. (laughs) There it is. Uh, Melbourne, Mm. and I won't go through all the numbers. I'll just give you the headline. Melbourne are a much better team without... Just based on the numbers. Goody knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yep. So in the forward half, when Grundy does play, um, they're 17th, ranked 17th for contested possession differential in the 450. When he doesn't play, they're third. And in the centre square, the numbers show they're also a lot better when Max Gorn is rucking. They win a clearance 48% of the time versus when Grundy's rucking, it's 43% of the time. So Goody knows what he's doing. The Demons, as they've proved over the last three weeks, I think their scoring profile has gone up by about 25 points per game. Gorn, however, adamant that Grundy will get his chance. Can he take it? If it doesn't work, right? So if if Grundy plays one or two games out of the next six and doesn't play finals for the Demons, Melbourne Footy Club can't be stubborn with this one, Kath. They can't say, oh, we're going to keep him and hold him to his contract and all that. But the early signs suggest they're not being stubborn in the fact that they dropped him. 
Yeah, that's true, they right? Made but, that tough call. But he's got a four year, because another four more years to run on his contract. So if he's he's too good a player, he's not a VFL ruckman. He's a he's a premier ruckman in in the competition. And surely they will have that conversation. Yes, and if Brody says, guys, this isn't working, I want a fresh another start. Mm-hmm. It's a Port Adelaide or Sydney Geelong. They're the clubs who clearly would be most interested in him. I don't think Melbourne can be stubborn about this. They would have to let him go and work out a way that can benefit them. Clearly, they need another big man to back up Max Gorn, who's, I think, 30 years of age. So it is fascinating, this situation um, and what is happening in Melbourne's truck. How much are they paying him? Melbourne are paying him about 600 and I think Collingwood's paying him about 253 <laughs> So he's getting $900,000 to play for the case he scored against. Imagine, can you feel for the Williamstown Ruckman who's got to come up against him on Sunday at Casey Fields? Hey, what about North Melbourne? So he heard Jack Zebel announce his retirement during yep. the week. Uh, he'll do. He'll hang up the boots at the end of the season. But I want to ask you about the latest yep. regarding the priority pick situation. Yeah, the, this has really blown up in the last sort of 72 hours because uh, AF, the rival clubs are angry, right, that North Melbourne is lo- looking at potentially not only one huge free kick, two huge free kicks at the end of the year. Now, this is clearly part of the special assistance package, Lamo. North mm. have been garbage for four years. They've won 11 games in in four years, right? But why, but why are they garbage? Well, they've made poor, they've made poor decisions. They've made poor decisions. Right. So right. they've made – they're garbage because they've made poor decisions. Yeah. So now they get – Help. Preferential treatment, but because so you get rewarded for making but poor that, decisions. Not the first time that people no. have been rewarded for making poor well, decisions. Hawthorne got a, Hawthorne got a priority pick back in the day. Nah, that was a long time ago. Ah, the rules have changed. <laughs> he says, and a lot of a lot of these clubs have Melbourne benefited from the system. So North Melbourne's just saying, uh, you know, it's their turn. There, some of their recent trade pickups haven't worked. Callum Common Jones, Jaden Stevenson, Aiden Core probably only had uh, moderate impact. But what they're looking at is getting North Melbourne fans know Riley Sanders, who's um, uh, a Tasmanian prospect who has Indigenous heritage, so enlisted in North Melbourne's um, academy. Normally, if he picks, if he is picked in the first forty selections, he's free for anyone to take, right? But what the proposal is is that North Melbourne just basically gets him as a pr- just under the rug. You can have him now. He he won the Lark Medal as the best player at the National Under Eighteen Championships. So right. this guy's a jet. So they could get him for free. The other issue is that um, as part of this Ben Mackay free agency compensation, that could potentially be upgraded. Or the AFL saying that they'll stick to the formula instead of an end of first round pick. Do they get pick three as part of an upgraded sort of assistance? And other clubs are just they're phoning the AFL flat stick over the past three days, saying this cannot happen. It's too big of a um, boost. But North Melbourne in this situation, a lot of other clubs have been um, over the journey at Melbourne, Hawthorne, When you're a neutral Collingwood. and you're not invested in any other team, yep. you say, give him, help him out, give him something. Is that uh, what it's you been think? too yep. long to see North Melbourne struggle. Not with West Coast. West Coast, you're like, they won a premiership in 2018. Yep. <laughs> um, but with North, mm-hmm. come on. Let's let's yep. help them out. And you know, you're a generous type, Kath. Um, <laughs> do you know what also is a fact but in this? But it is different when you're not invested in a team, yeah, in a club. Of course. Yeah, they have been rubbish for a long time. The other factor in this, Lemo, is not just the on-field stuff. The off-field stuff is also a factor, right? Because they missed out on Dustin Martin, Josh Kelly, Isaac, Isaac Heaney, uh, Andrew Gaff at the time. Because there's a player... Want to go to Collingwood and Richmond, play on the Friday night yeah. big stage, get the b- commercial deals, the big boot deals for playing in front of 90,000. North players, they go there and they play 440 Marvel Stadium, right? So that, the, the and imp- that, that to me, that's what the AFL 
should fix, I reckon, if you want to give a club a boost, give them some Friday night games. Give them some Saturday night games. Stop playing them at 440 in terrible time slots because that does not help your football club. Yeah, but this is where, you know, you've got to think about the broadcasters. Do they want, you know, you want Mm. your best games in the prime time slots. That's just putting a Fox footy hat on right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying also from the neutral point of view of why you want to see North get better because it's it's dull for the competition when you've got these couple of games with West Coast and North Melbourne where people just aren't watching. Yeah, it is a huge issue. I think the AFL would say that they've got to earn those slots first, and that means by attracting the right players, making the right calls, and then also – and then they're playing the right way. So Alistair Clark, so Brett Ratton's going to coach for the last time, finally on this, Kath, against yep. West Coast this week. That's going to be an interesting game, I think, Sunday. In oh, catch there's on. so many storylines to yeah. come out of this game. And then Alistair Clarkson will take over the week after mm. against Melbourne. Speaking of uh, standalone games and whatnot, how's the showdown not a standalone Friday night game? It should be. It should be. It's always a belter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm. And, and this is where you could split the bye over sort of two rounds and have the other – um, eight games on one weekend and just have the showdown and say Collingwood versus Sydney's two games on the other round. Yeah, like it. Like it. Hey, um, always like Lemo's top five. And that yes. is coming up next. Uh, well, Sam Kerr. Yes. Clearly the Matildas struggle without her. Yes. And we desperately need her back. Mm. We have to win against Canada on mm. Monday night mm-hmm. and we need Sam Kerr. Cutthroat. Yep. She's got a calf injury. Yeah. She's gone with conventional methods to try and fix that calf injury. Yep. Who knows if it's working? Yes. Well, I'm here to help, which leads to Good. today's top five. Good. On Triple M's Dead Set Legends, it's Lemo's top five. Weird injury treatments. <laughs> Weird injury treatments. Why doesn't Sam Kerr try one of these to get herself right for Monday night's clash against Canada? Coming Love in this. at number five, James McAdoo. Golden State Warriors power forward Mm -hmm. a few years ago was having some injury issues, tried electric shocks to the brain. No, he didn't. No. Yes, he did. Wow. He said it it boosts muscle strength. No way. Yeah, and halves your IQ. Wow. But (laughs) (laughs) But, hey, got to do what you got to do. Well worth it. Coming in at number four, uh, Louis Saha, injury-plagued soccer player with Man United and France. Great player. Yeah. He started using, to treat his injuries, he started using leeches. Wow. No. Yes. And he reckons his injury problems stopped. Well, the evidence is there. His injury problems did stop. Right. So leeches. So... I'm Sam Kerr. Boo dust on that one. Get some leeches onto your calf <laughs> next few days. Yes. Just get the blood circulating through the leeches. I'm going with the leeches over the electric chair, though. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give right. me the leeches. I've well, got a few one. to go. <laughs> <laughs> Usain Bolt. Now, he went all right, didn't he? Yes, very fast. Usain Bolt. Yep. Uh, so I've grouped two together here. Firstly, Usain Bolt. Injections of goat's blood. <laughs> like the activate. Have we got any more goat there? <laughs> that's more like it. <laughs> if you're going to go some goat's blood, that's the one you'd go. Uh, and also, but Mac, remember Max Rook went to Germany for calves blood. Yes, he did. Uh, to treat his hamstring. Yes. That's the actual cow they took it from. Right, right there. Uh, all right, coming in at number two, this is Felix McGrath, uh, former Fulham manager mm. right, in the EPL told his players if they had muscle problems to soak cheese in alcohol and then place the cheese on your injury. No way. Yes, it's a true story. No, It's a true story. And one player in particular tried it. And you know what he said afterwards? 
made absolutely no difference whatsoever. <laughs> so just let's play I this out for a second. That. You get your cheddar and you put it in your glass of gin and then yep. you whack it on your quad. And then you let it soak for a while and then you put it on. I'll tell you what, if I've got cheese and alcohol in my house, they are not going on an injury. No. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. And coming in at number one, Sam Kerr, please try this. Yes. We need you to be right yes. for Monday night. Robin Van Persie played for Man U. Mm. Uh, and Diego Costa played for Atletico Madrid and a few other yeah. uh, teams, both great soccer players, mm-hmm. and they both attest to this. They say it aids muscle healing, which is what Sam Kerr needs, yes. massages with horse placenta. No. Yes. Can you oh. the smell? And I say it makes sense. Have you ever seen a horse do a hammy? <laughs> no. Right. So get your horse placenta. Hello. Get your horse placenta and wow. massage it into Sam Kerr's car. Wow. And get her right for Monday night. Love oh. that, Lemo. That's, Topical. That's the, I don't know where you get horse placenta from. Yes. Don't know if I believe any of those top five. Well, but... no. They're well. They're all true stories. Whether they worked or not is yeah. a whole nother story. If they're in the newspaper, then I definitely believe them. <laughs> the electric chair thing threw oh, me. No, no, no. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, James McAdoo. Yeah. That one. Hey, wow, we have to that. touch on Friday Night Footy in terms of Collingwood. We've celebrated yes. Carlton a lot, but time to talk the pies. Yeah, and pies. I'm keen to get your thoughts and what Craig McRae had to say post-game. Yeah. Len, have you noticed that um, Kath here folds her paper like so meticulously? <laughs> Is origami a secret skill? <laughs> no. Are you, a, are you an origami type? No. It's just <laughs> I think a... you are. You know, you know you're doing a boring break when Kath builds a swan <laughs> out of the run set. The Dead Set Legends. I think we need to talk about Collingwood. So we celebrated Carlton off the top and we also want to hear from Blues fans uh, in the second hour. But as for the Pies, so just their third loss of the year. I mean, they've been flawless for much of the season. Um, Mason Cox was subbed out late in the game. Where do you think he sits in terms of their best 23? Yeah, I think his form has really softened over the past couple of weeks. And even Craig McRae mentioned it in the press conference. He was pretty um, honest honest about it. And so I think it gives a – it's a real um, conundrum for them because they've got such great depth. They've got Ash Johnson in the twos. They've got Billy Franth in the twos. Jack Ginevan had 30 positions last week. And I think there's been a trend. Like, you know, growing up watching footy, it was all about the big men in four line, kicking the big goals and taking the bid marks. I think modern football now is so much, and, and Richmond started a lot of this, around these mobile targets and, and a pressure small forwards and, you know, you don't really need so much or footy doesn't rely on those those dinosaurs in attack. So um, it's a, it will be fascinating. It will be the story of next Thursday um, whether Collingwood picks uh, Mason Cox. He looked pretty flat on the bench. You were down there um, with him and, and Craig McRae was, I think, pretty candid about the situation in the press conference. Look, Mason's last couple of weeks haven't been his best for the season. That's that's cool of what it is. But it's um, yeah, we just wanted to change it up a bit. We wanted to try to play faster, and which means there has to be a cost somewhere. And that's why how we went forward and we hit second ruck through Dan. And yeah, oh, it just is what it is. It just made a decision that we thought we could get benefit somewhere else. He's very good, isn't he, Craig yes. McRae? He's won a lot of fans this year. People mm-hmm. really like Craig McRae. And I was yep. watching him in that presser last night, and he said. All the right things mm-hmm. last night. If you're a Pies fan, you'd be looking, yeah, yep, he's saying all the right things. Yes. But I was looking at him last night, Kath, and I just saw I saw a little bit of uncertainty and fear in his eyes. Ooh. He didn't seem yes. storm clouds? I storm clouds back there. <laughs> a bit rattled. I, I was looking at him thinking, I reckon he's having ten conversations in the back of his head right now. <laughs> yes. He's still saying all the right things. Yes. 
Still saying exactly what he should say in the circumstances. Yeah. But I just felt he was a little, for the first time, I felt he's a little bit rattled. Very similar to when my four-year-old beats me in, you know. Like, I'm sort of trying my own. Mm, well <laughs> no, done, mate. And nice win. Jesus, how did I, do, how did I stuff that up? But I hey, know where he's coming a, from. Bit of a shock to the system in the sense of at three-quarter time, we're thinking, I think 19 points was the margin. We're thinking, oh, we've seen this movie before. Yeah, yeah. Probably would have won 12 of the last 16 trailing at three-quarter time, but it yep. uh, wasn't meant to be last night. What about yep. Nick Dacos? So yep. he was tagged yet again. We yep. saw the job Willem Drew did in, particularly in that did on him, rather, particularly in that first half last week at Adelaide Oval. Now yeah. we saw George Hewitt. Hewitt. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise as well when um, I was talking to Craig McRae pre-game and he said he thought that Kerno would be the man really? for Nick Dacos, but he obviously wasn't selected. Yep. And then he thought so probably Hewitt, and Hewitt was the man. He did a good job. So for two weeks in a row now, yeah. someone's been able to silence Nick Dacos. And it seems extraordinary that this hasn't been what clubs have been doing for the past three months, to be honest. Everyone's sort of been calling for it. Uh, Lee Montagna, Nathan Brown, Sunday Sunday Rub guys, they've all been saying you've got to put a body on him. Like, you just can't let him. Against Fremantle, he just literally ran around like a kid at the circus. He couldn't have been happier with no attention on him whatsoever. So this has to be the way forward. You take out his run and polish, and it just hurts that, that Collingwood midfield. Look, he's always going to touch the footy, but yes. it can be done in terms of limiting his impact. Under more pressure, the execution of the forward half cost him Dan McStay had some golden chances and missed those. That did snuff out the barnstorming finish. Uh, but despite the result last night and despite my analysis of Craig McRae's press yes. conference, do the Pies have anything to worry about or is this just a teeny little blip on the yeah. radar? No, I think they'll be fine. I think the culture there will handle it. They'll absorb the blow. Craig McRae be cracking jokes on Monday and they'll be fine. They'll be back on the horse. I think they got Hawthorne next week. I mean, they were um, coming up a six-day break, weren't they? Against yep. an, an offer such a big game, 1v2 and yeah. Adelaide Oval. Yep. So. They'll be right there at the pointy end, Collingwood. Yep. Hey, we've got uh, something very exciting happening next. Limo, you've told Carlton fans this uh, morning. Th- this is your in. chance, Carlton fans. One triple three five three is our loving? number. Yep. We want to hear from you. Yeah, because you've won your last six. Yep, you are sitting on the cusp of the top four. Yes, you are in a very different <laughs> position Flag? to where you were six weeks ago. <laughs> <The> <laughs> <premiership>? <laughs> what are you laughing at? We want to celebrate top four. Top four. You heard me. Yes. <laughs> we want to celebrate Carlton next on Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joe J, Captain Limo. Joey, Jay, Kat, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kat, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1, Triple M. Last <laughs> night, Carlton beat Collingwood. Yeah. Massive, oh, massive, of course. Massive result. And mm. we want to get Carlton fans on the phone yes. this morning. We Fire want up. to hear from you. Yes. Where are you at? You must be pumped. One triple three five three is our number. Mm-hmm. Please call Carlton fans yeah. and tell us how excited because you are. Limo, they weren't so pumped about a month <laughs> ago. And I don't oh, know no. if you remember this, but I remember this. Mm. We opened up the lines. We said, Carlton fans, yes. give us a buzz. Yeah. Let us know what's really grinding your gears about your team at the moment. And this is just a little snapshot as to it, Carlton fans at the time. Their mindset is completely stuffed. There doesn't seem to be a, a game plan. They're just kicking it around willy-nilly. Nothing more about Harry McKay. I would absolutely love it if I could have his works like balance so I could just rock up to work, do absolutely piss all, get paid a fortune and then go home. I'm 19 years old and I have seen one finals berth from this football club in my entire lifetime. 
I'm pretty confident to say that we would need a miracle. Sure, if we make the eight, that's all good, but we'll go out by 100 points in the first round because we're just not good enough. We can't compete. <laughs> wow. Oh, that was, that was it six weeks ago. Luke yes. in Noble Park, where are you at now? I'm pretty happy, mate. I'm pretty happy to say the least. Yeah. What, uh, what, what are you most happy about? I'm happy that uh, Kerno just absolutely yeah. sticks it to everybody. Yes, um, I agree. You know, I absolutely think it is just rubbish that he cops that flack for kicking 19 goals against West Coast. The flat track well, bully why, stuff. <laughs> well, why hasn't any other forward kicked 19 goals against West Coast that have played him twice? I'm with you, and I reckon last night he said, watch me yep. against Darcy Moore and kicked six. Yep. 100%. He's kicked six on the best defender in the league. And the Collingwood supporters were absolutely silent last night. Mm. And all the Kerno no-sayers were, were nowhere to be seen because <laughs> at the end of the day, he's 19 goals in front of Larky, who's third. Um, and he's in front by how many? 13 against yeah, I think the Fossil Texans. So, yeah. you know, it, he's no, they should have brought the Coleman last night with him and just handed it to him. <laughs> no, hey, Luke, we love your passion. We love mm. where you're at. The, the calls are flooding in, Bryce and Baronia. Where are you at with the blue baggers, Bryce? Yeah, guys. Um, yeah, good morning. Um, great game last night. So we're looking like when Richmond made that run to the finals, um, when they, they won their first flag in a long time. So <laughs> three flags in the blues. That's amazing. So we're on the on the verge of a dynasty. Three <laughs> <laughs> I love, love that. Fantastic, love that. Bryce. I love it. Victor yep. and Glenn Iris, how pumped are you at the moment? Oh, hello there. Absolute ecstatic. Couldn't get tickets to last night's game, so we watched it, and our neighbours must be fuming the way <laughs> we carried on. Absolutely fuming. Whose name were you yeah. shouting the loudest? Uh... So, was a question? Who were you, cheer- who were you cheering for? Which Carlton player? Oh, oh, definitely Carlton. Had no faith in them <laughs> six weeks ago. From 15 to where we are, fifth on the ladder. Absolutely have faith Good in on Marvin Foster and the team. Love your passion, mate. Let's go to Damien and Ainsbury. They broke your heart earlier this year. What's changed, Damien? Oh, whoa, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I was, um, oh, they, they broke my heart. They destroyed me when we were in the 15th and, going to all those games and we're just bombing it down the wings and doing nothing. And I'm, I wanted all these players to be dropped and they finally started making some changes and bringing in Cunningham's and all these other guys and they're all contributing and it's all even. Best fire, bonfire ever, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Damien. Julian Woodend, how good was last night? Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Look, the lid's off for the weekend. I haven't quite booked the, the grand final tickets. But, mm. yeah, it was just amazing. And, look, I've seen the glory days and I've seen the, <laughs> the shocking ones. Then I just want to say to all our so-called supporters, okay, be disappointed when we're not doing well, but please don't bag those boys. They don't go out there to lose. They they go out there and they play to win. Um, but I'm so proud of them. I'm To be Collingwood, my generation, to be Collingwood, it's just, there's nothing good nothing. on you, Julie. We love it. Yeah. I will say this though, Julie. makes great content when Carlton fans bag their players on, <laughs> our, <laughs> on our show. And Fred, he's only nine years old. He was at the game last night. How good was it, Fred? Good. Good. What was is Charlie Kerner your favourite player? Six in the last quarter. Oh, he did. He was on fire in the second half of that game. Good on you, Fred. Enjoy oh, it. And make sure you sing the song today. Final word to you, Andrew. In Greensboro, 
Yeah. How good was last night? Excellent, mate. It brought back memories from the last game of last year where all them Collingwood supporters were talking and everything. Mm. To see them crying as they were leaving the ground <laughs> was just beautiful, mate. <laughs> She's so good. I uh, love that. that How good, good was that, hearing yeah. from the Cartman? I think Damien was my favourite. Yes. Julie. Yeah. I like Julie. Julie. <laughs> Julie's got good perspective. Yes. Yeah. Leave the boys alone. Enjoy it, Carlton fans. What a win. What a way to kick off round 20. Yeah. Hey, with the Two arch rivals going head-to-head and Carlton springing up and upset and beating the best team in the comp. What a twist. Four games to go and Carlton, they've hit some form. Hey, guys, we've got uh, Rusty going to join us next because we've got to talk about Dan Ricardo's return to F1 as well. Oscar Piastri. So mm. much sport going on at the moment. It's hard to keep track. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. You can listen to the Rusty's Garage podcast for free on the Listener app. We love talking to Rusty. Good morning to you. Hey, let's get straight into Dan Ricardo's F1 return. Everyone was pumped about this back home in Australia. How did he look to you? I reckon on balance, pretty good, Kath. Good morning to you. So, out, you know, uh, outraced his teammate. That's box ticked number one. Uh, probably felt a little bit sore in the wake of things in Hungary, that's, you know, quite brutal uh, on the body when you've been out of the game for about uh, eight months. But really good start. I think he's got it in, in balance after that sabbatical. And overnight, unfortunately, he hasn't been able to out-qualify Yuki, but that's only because he went out of bounds very briefly. So mm. a bit like tennis or whatever, uh, bowled wide at one of the fastest parts of the circuit, had his qualifying time deleted because of that. Now, I know it's shoulda, woulda, coulda stuff, but they say it was on that lap for about 10th fastest, which would have been ahead of his teammate and a really good qualifying effort um, relative to the predecessor he's replaced there at AlphaTauri. I reckon it's pretty good. Well, Rusty, I was excited by this Grand Prix last weekend with two Aussies lining up. I actually sat up Sunday night and watched it. Mm. <laughs> I was pumped. And to see, and I was extra pumped when I saw Oscar Piastri had just a dream start and was running second for quite a while in the GP. Did He looked like a podium finish, but did he get dudded with the pit stop strategy from his team? Uh, Limo, a lot, a lot of Aussies are asking this question, right? So this has been debated by some colleagues at Speed Cafe who have a very good Australian-based motorsport website. On one side of the ledger, uh, they feel like Oscar's car was, was going to have problems with the, the aerodynamics or the floor as the race went on, and his pace did fade. So therefore, better to put Lando in that position. But when he's running second, he's ahead of Lando. He should really have the pit priority, the choice, right? So a few Aussies are a bit miffed about that. Um, some are contemplating, Limo, whether uh, it may have been a call by McLaren to kind of keep Lando happy, keep him fenced in and not looking at other at other teams, that they're kind of looking after him. But I don't know that I subscribe to that. So uh, quickly to finish this point, Oscar has out-qualified him overnight in Spa. Mm. So that car's good, uh, fingers crossed. He, he is a great young talent and within reach of a podium not too far away, it would seem. No, I love this story. I reckon your mate Lando Norris would be getting nervous with Oscar's <laughs> rides. Yes. We like that, Rusty. Hey, yeah, and what about in the Supercar Championships? Uh, they're getting ready to race tonight in Sydney. And what about the stories about the NASCAR, NASCAR crew sort of poaching all the supercar drivers? Is there much in that, Rusty? Oh, well, I mean, the, the the ability, it would seem, to switch from one to the other is a little bit easier. Admittedly, you're on the other side of the car there, and there are some, some differences. But the two guys in question that are going in August, Shane Van Gisbergen going back for another run, Brody Kostecki, who's currently second in the championship, a close second in the championship, 
Um, they're both extremely talented, diversely talented. Brody's got a bit of experience in that sort of racing before. They'll be terrific there uh, at Indianapolis on, I think it's the 11th to the 13th of August. Um, but this weekend, guys, yeah, underlights at Sydney. It's a great spectacle. Um, cars look cool there, and uh, they're racing tonight 200 Ks under lights, a bit of pyro and entertainment and what have you. Should be cool. All the works. Hey, thanks for joining us once again, Rusty. See you, gang. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. From Motorsport, we're going to chat cricket and next a full recap of day two the fifth and final Ashes Test, Cal Ferguson. He's going to join us in studio because he's here, obviously, covering the Ashes for Channel 9. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey J, Kath and Limo. Joey J, Kath, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey J, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1, Triple M. Usually, Cal Ferguson joins us on the phone for a little Ashes recap, but he is in studio, Cal. Yeah. Yes. Daisy said, good to see Greg Blewett. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are often confused, am I right? Like, no, spot on. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is a compliment to Bluey. Well, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you have a story? When, when has it happened? Oh, it, it happens at, in random spots. So I was at the Adelaide Oval Cafe grabbing a coffee before catching up with a mate, and uh, the, the lady at the register said, oh, Greg, we don't see you around as often as we used to. I was like, oh, come no, on. So good to see you, Greg. And so that you, sort of thing happens regularly. You actually. could stitch him up there. That happens regularly, believe it or not, with me and Lawrence Mooney. Is that so, right? Yes. Does it? And Moon, Moon was in the city, right? And uh, these three kids walk up to him. They go, oh, my God, Limo, how are you? And Moon goes, go and get... You little <laughs> and starts abusing him because <laughs> no. they think he's Lemo. Really? Now there's people out there oh, think you're real. Dude, that Lemo's a real knob. Yeah. Yeah. We want to say hello and he's so really, you should do that next time for someone confuses you. Actually, really stitch him up. I get hey. confused for um, Astua, so it could be worse. And sometimes Peter Bell. Chew, man. Peter Bell. Oh, yeah, I can kind of see that one. Righto. Should we get to the cricket, Jason? Yes, we should. should. So Australia all out for 295 Mm. overnight. They lead by 12 runs. How Mm. do you see where this is poised, Cal? Jeez, we had an opportunity yesterday to really drive it home, grab a hold of the series and just say, yeah, you know what? If, buts, maybes, you were never in the series. But uh, we've just opened the door a little bit. You know, if if they get a good... Stranglehold on this next innings and, and get set, then they could really run away with it. I was worried we were going to be sixty behind at one point uh, on mm. the first innings, but uh, you know, I thought Pat Cummins and and Murphy batted beautifully yes. late in the day. And on that, I mean, mm. we were seven for one hundred and eighty-five. Mm. Right? Is it embarrassing? And it's a bit of a really when you look at it, it's a pretty sad scorecard. It is, with the exception of uh, Steve Smith. Is it embarrassing for the batsman cow when they look at the scorecard? <laughs> and say they've all been outscored by Pat Cummins and Todd Murphy. You've probably it's, never it's been it's in not that in, position. It's, well, yeah, I've been in some embarrassing scorecards. Don't worry about that. One, uh, one particular day we were all out for less than 30 with the Redbacks. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, we, it, it's a tough one because English conditions can be so flaky. So, yep. you know, you can be in the gloom all day, the ball's nipping around and swinging, and then the sun comes out and all of a sudden it's the flattest wicket we've seen mm. Uh, in years. So it, it can be a bit like that in England and certainly um, tiring old quicks. They're an ageing bowling attack, that English side. Yeah. And I could kind of see what a few of the batters were thinking early in the day, but in the end, 
a lack of intent killed them. We dug ourselves a hole and then all of a sudden they were swamping us in conditions that suited mm. bowling. So mm. um, we missed a chance uh, to really, you know, you know, drag the ashes back our way from the point of view of winning the series. We've retained them, but th- they're desperately keen to win this series. What in the hell was happening with Marnus Labashane? Because I was watching mm. a lot of the a lot of the footy and then I was switching over to the cricket. And Marnus, what was it? Eight off 80 balls or something yep. like that. Even I was sort of getting into him from a landing. <laughs> okay, oh, we get it, Marnus. Yeah. We get it. You're in. Right? You can play some shots now. <laughs> is this a deliberate sort of tactic? or what? How did you interpret that? It was innings like that that got uh, Tom Rockliffe sacked from the Grange Dolphins Cricket Club over right. in Adelaide. <laughs> Just digging holes and not being able to get out of it in T20 cricket. This is test <laughs> cricket so for a period of time you could understand it it, tough conditions swinging nipping around but um it just got to the point again where i mentioned the lack of intent kills you because the pressure builds you get the hard volley and then all of a sudden you you're just snatching at it you're trying too hard to hit it for four Mm. and and you just lose all your rhythm and that's Mm. what happened to usman and and manis early in the day their their usual flow just wasn't there and then england just jumped all over us Mm. you know they they love bowling in those conditions they try and strangle you and that's what happened yep what about Dave Warner? I mean, he's going to be a big story. When mm. you get 20 again, so another yeah. sort of start but wasn't able to kick on, do you think he should be at the top of the order for the Australian summer like he wants to with the Sydney farewell? Would you be picking him? Look, it's. Uh, I wonder whether we're now looking at, you know, not just this summer, but are we now looking at the betterment of the Australian team going forward for the next few years? So, you know, we've got another Ashes series in a number of years' time. You know, do we ju- look at a a Renshaw or a Harris that are going to definitely be there. Uh, look, Does the he way deserve I the Sydney it, farewell like he wants it? I, I sort of feel like he's been a bit selfish. Well, Is that unfair? I don't think he's being selfish. He's got every it's right to put his calls. hand up. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He, he's got every right to put his hand up and say, I want to be picked. And uh, it's just a matter of now that the selectors making that decision. Does he deserve to be there? Um, you know, you could look at his body of work over 10, 15 years but the fact of the matter is, over two years now, he's averaging about twenty-six or seven, I think, over that period of time. Yeah. And and historically, that would not get you picked no. in a fit. So, you know, you, I think he's in real trouble. Do you think the selectors will make that harsh call because they've proven in recent times they they don't? You know, look at Aaron Finch at the World Cup. That's right. They make the hard calls generally. Um, and then you look at the Finch situation and you think, you know, it's a bit more than just what numbers he's putting up. It's mm. his captaincy. And, da- and David doesn't have that to no. fall back on, which Finchie did. So I've, I've, I'm concerned for David. I, I can't see him starting the, the, the series here in Australia. Just on the back of the fact, his last two years now suggest that yep. it's, it's a long way from the mark. Tough. Uh, can we talk for a second about the least likable cricketer in the world, Johnny Bairstow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how good was it last night? When he's stuffed up by knocking the bail off in oh, that Steve Smith run out. Yes. Just whenever he does something wrong, God, it makes me happy. Yes. Just the Schadenfreude is coursing through me. Yes. How uh, is he as unlikable as he appears? Jeez, oh. <laughs> he's making it hard to like him. <laughs> really? He's making it really hard. I, and I celebrated as hard as anyone, I reckon. I was just like every, everyone else that was up late watching that last night. I was out of my seat cheering. Can't believe he stuffed it up again. Yep. And, uh, look, Johnny, he, he tries when he get. Look, I watched that last test match. He made some runs, and then all of a sudden I could hear him every time the ball went back to the bowler. He just mm. found another gear mm. yeah. after he made some runs. Yep but didn't hear a peep out of him mm. 
for the earlier part of the series. It's just we don't like those styles of cricketer no. here in Australia. Yeah. Front runners, we don't like him, and that's what I saw from Johnny. And the minute I saw him knock those bales off before the ball got in, I mm. thought, oh, yeah, mm. Johnny, you're not going to be liked when you get back <laughs> over to Australia. My mates call him Garfield. I'm not sure if that's fair <laughs> enough, but that's what they call That him. is uh, a, a good pretty one. good lookalike. Yeah. yeah, that's very good. Um, one Last one before you go. I always mm. listen to uh, Michael Vaughan on this podcast after each day's play, and I respect his opinion. Don't like him because he's a pom at the moment. But <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, he was saying, of course, he's going to say this, but I actually think if he if he didn't believe it, he wouldn't say it. He thinks England has been the better team this Ashes series. What do you think? Overall, who has been the better team, in your opinion? Uh, I think Australia have uh, in the big moments, and particularly, and that's particularly in the early period of the of the series. The first two test matches, when there are some big decisions to be made, I feel like, particularly the first test, um, they got... I think they got caught up in the baseball thing, declaring when one of the best players they've ever had was on 100, not out. Yep. They declared with a few overs to spare at the end of the day. They missed an opportunity to really get a hold of the, the test match. And Australia were able to capitalise on that poor decision. I think I like Warnie. Yeah. Don't like him at this time of year <laughs> because it's ashes. But certainly I think he's wrong in this case. Australia won the big moments when it counted. And that's why they've got a two-one series lead. Yeah. But to the but they feel like they've won the Ashes. So well, they thought they were. They felt mm. like they were three 0 up at one yeah, point. Yeah, didn't yeah. They? But it was yeah. interesting, even just listening to like Australian commentary after that third test. Everyone was agreeing. I don't think we deserve to win it three 0 It hasn't been that one sided. Mm. Well, you know I, what I mean, I mean, we had a shocker in the last test. Let's that be was honest. bad. Like that it? rain really <laughs> saved us in a really big, did. big way. And, uh, and Cal, before we let you go, good work on the desk as well. Yes. You did a lot of standing on Channel 9 <laughs> yes. with a full body shot. And now you're behind a desk. Yes. You like the I, desk. I prefer the desk personally. That's right. Where are you at with it? Yeah, well, it was pants off Friday yesterday, so that was good. Yeah, just really. Get away with a bit behind yeah. the desk. Hey, uh, thanks for coming in. It's yeah, been so pleasure. nice having you in. And Actually, nice to see your faces. Mm. Go have a nap or whatnot and get ready for day three. It'll be a big sleep after DSL Adelaide. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Cal Ferguson, good enough to join us. Team, we've got to have a look at the Saturday and Sunday action. Round 20 of the AFL all kicks off at GMHBA Stadium this afternoon. The Cats and Fremantle Dockers, no surprises. Geelong, heavy favourites. Yes. Um, big day for Chris Scott as well. He's going to be breaking the all-time coaching record for Geelong, surpassing Reg Hickey. I mean, he won't make it about himself, will he? But the club will celebrate him because Geelong do those Yes. occasions so well. You only saw it recently with Zach Tui's record-breaking day. They do indeed. And how's the winning percentage on him, by the way? Like I, I always defer to Clarko when we talk about great coaches. Yes. But he's, I think Clarko's is, is about 62%. Chris got 69% yep. winning percent. Just extraordinary. And probably, I don't know if he's got the credit he deserves for that over the journey. But there was the finals record, of course, but uh, they won the flag last year. Fremantle put the cue in the rack. That's my suspicion here. They put Sean Darcy out for the year, mm. uh, Nat Fife as, as well. They've already given their first and second round pick to uh, Melbourne in the Luke Jackson deal. Anyway, so it's interesting. They've been the poorest performers of the year, the biggest disappointment for mine, uh, the Dockers. Yep. It's going to be really tough for them uh, at the Cattery. Hey, all eyes will be on uh, Ballarat this afternoon as well because it's one of the game's newest and great rivalries, the Bulldogs mm. and Giants going head-to-head. What are the Giants going for? Seven in a row now. Yes. They are playing some brilliant football. Adam Kingsley and what he's done in his first year as coach of GWS. Who are you liking here? 
Well, I'm liking the rivalry that is building. There's Everyone some nice... likes his rivalry. Well, didn't Toby Green try to bite the ear off of Marcus Bontempelli one year, Lemma? Is I that th- what happened? I think there might have been a... Uh, That's an eye gouge. There might have been a fly kick at some point, too. <laughs> yeah, I think there yes. was a boot to the face. I think Caleb Daniel might have copped a boot to the face. Yes. Yes. It's great, though, when it's organic. Yes. You try to force <laughs> yeah. this rivalry. It yeah. just appeared on us, and everyone's got around it, and it's so good for one of the expansion clubs to have this kind of rivalry. Well, yeah. remember the 2016, was it preliminary final where Yep. The Giants beat the bull, uh, Bulldog. Sorry, the Bulldog beat the Giants. Excuse me. Uh, up there, that was a, that was one of the best games of the of the past decade, mm. I reckon. So mm. that really uh, kicked things yep. off a bit, didn't it? Then it's the Q Clash, the twenty fifth edition of the Q Clash. It's on the Gold Coast. The Suns v Brisbane Lions. I imagine many have backed Brisbane to win this game, but perhaps you just never know when it's on the Gold Coast. Mm, no, can I we come like up with a better name than Q Clash? What have you got for well, us? the Pineapple Grapple? Can we go? <laughs> can we go with that? That's not bad. <laughs> That's Excellent. I so. love it how I was trying to make it sound interesting. You're yes. like, what are we? And you just, no, I Brisbane admi- will win. I admire. Good try, Kath. I admire we'll your effort. We'll move on. Yeah, Will I Ash- tried. No, no Will Ashcroft in that Brisbane midfield. So that'll be the interesting watch to see how the, yep. the machinations in the midfield. Will Cam Rainey get a bit more midfield time? Is he the man? He was named in the centre, so hopefully yeah. he does. That's Leroy, everyone. Uh, Brisbane nutty. Yes. <laughs> and can I tell you what uh, Chris Fagan said this week when asked about the Will Ashcroft injury? Oh, yes. And we all feel for young Will Ashcroft. Was having, a, yeah. having a good year. Finding some good form. Rising star favourite. And he gave Rhys <laughs> Fagan says, it won't change one little thing. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> ouch. Okay. That'd take the wind out of the sails of a young <laughs> yes. bloke, wouldn't it? Um, tonight, yep. two big games. So it's almost an elimination final between Essendon and Sydney at Marvel Stadium. As you mentioned, Buddy against his bunnies mm. kicked 79 goals against Essendon, the most against any opposition in the AFL. So no doubt he's pretty pumped to be playing the Bombers, and with Ridley out, mm. just opens things up a little bit. Um, and going on around about the same time, it starts 15 minutes later, but that is the showdown, yes. showdown 54 live from Adelaide Oval. This is just a must-watch game, isn't it? Even if you don't barrack for the Crows or the power, you love to see what unfolds. Absolutely. And, Kath, it doesn't matter where either team is on the ladder. Nope. These games are always belters. Yeah. And I think, and tonight will show that as well. I'm, Shame I'm, Isaac Rankin's not playing. Mm. I would have loved to have seen him play. Yeah, this is the type of game where players like Isaac Rankin just pull miracles yes. out of their backside, you know. With, so we're going to miss him tonight. On the big stage. Uh, what did you think of the managing Travis Boak and Scott Lysett? Yeah. Or, no, also Travis Boak. Yeah, Bokey, I think, you know, he has played 300 games. So I think, you know, trying to take the load off him a little bit. He's, but for he's, a showdown. His form has quietened, I know. But mm. honestly, they've got some depth there at Port Adelaide. So, yeah, it did raise my eyebrow. But yep. um, I, I think Bokey can still have a big impact. No Jakey Stringer for Eston. He's been down. So it's interesting that he's out injured. No Ridley, you mentioned. Spoke to my Eston mate at, at uh, this morning before um, before this. And I said, what do you think about tonight? And you know what he said? And it just captured it beautifully. He said, how would you bloody know with us, honestly? <laughs> and I thought, yep, that's exactly the situation. But Lance Franklin's going to be the big watch. Always yep. kicks a big bag against the Bombers. And so potentially looking forward to seeing that. potentially his last AFL game in Melbourne. Yep. So the Bombers watch. can still play final, Kath. I yes. know you've put a line through them. No, I said but... this is almost an elimination final in terms of yep. the loser tonight. Yep. So it makes life very difficult with four games to go. Like it. Yeah. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Can I jump to the front of this queue because I am worked up about something. <laughs> oh, my it. God. I got dudded twice by this uh, yesterday. It really key moments in my day. <laughs> Trespassers on train tracks. Now, what? I get it. 
your trespassers on train tracks. You mean oh, just like you were on the train and it had to stop for trespassers? I'm getting. Get, okay, get, sorry. There's a, there's I'm a, jumping the gun. There's a punchline here. There's a punchline. I'm so keen to hear this story. Can you? I need some craft, some joke craft, Lemo, because I'll, clearly I did I'll, do, I'll do what I can. <laughs> I did something wrong. That guide me, educate me. Anyway, two key moments. You know, when you're trying to zip around Melbourne, I got to get it to the footy. I got to get to this. Got to get to that. Interview over here. Blah blah blah. And I used the train work nicely, but twice. Twice, twice, I got 20-minute delays where I was just standing on the train doing nothing because of trespassers on tracks. Now, it's a risky game to play the chicken on the, the train tracks, and I'm not sure why it appeals to the good people of Melbourne. Hang on, just to be clear, yes. when you say trespassers, you mean people have just walked onto the train tracks and they've had to stop a train as a result. Brings the whole train network, the whole right city loop thing stops and uh, I was frustrated. My fellow passengers. <laughs> I bet they were. There was also some agitated phone calls happening. People were really keen to get to Collingwood Carlton last night. So I reckon if you could just keep off the tracks <laughs> for me and the rest of the football public. Yeah. I reckon there's someone listening right now who's about to walk onto some tracks and went, actually, thanks for yeah. that. Mine's going to be a spell the men who aren't embracing Barbie. Just get around it. Yeah. Just go see it. Everyone's talking about it. Is do a leaper in it? Yes. Yeah. You will. Yeah. And she has a great tune in it. So you're going to, you for those just tuning in, Jay Clark, his hall pass is Dua Lipa, like oh. 20 million other men in the world. Mm-hmm. But you you maintain that you were the first on Dua Lipa. Very early. Um, yeah, you, you definitely want to go see it. Uh, Embrace it. But okay. yeah, I know some people, some mates of mine have seen Barbie and quite enjoyed it. But mm. what's making me laugh are right-wing commentators like arcing up, like on Sky News or Fox News in America, <laughs> talking about the message it's sending about. Oh, no. Nah. Oh, give me a spell. Just yeah. go and enjoy the movie. Spell. Let's Indeed. not read too much into it. Uh, mm. My g- give me a spell this week is the extra time in soccer matches. Yeah. Yes. I I was, was this I mean, the Matildas yes. Nigeria game? So in the first mm. half, yeah. they say five minutes extra time, and I go, all right, I don't know who's calculated that yeah. or how you've yeah. worked it out, but good on you, five <laughs> minutes. But it's not even a strict five minutes. It's like no. a serving suggestion for <laughs> yeah. the ref yes. who then just vibes it from there out. This was on my mind too because at the end of the oh. game they had 11 minutes injury time. 11. And then 11 minutes went by and, and the commentator going. goes, well, that's 11 minutes. It's up to the referee's discretion now as yeah. to when they want to blow the whistle. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, because the Nigerian goal went in at 5 minutes 45 seconds, 45 seconds oh. after the expiration of the five minutes extra oh, time. Oh, yeah, I didn't really get Every that. other sport, AFL, basketball, uh, American football, all of it is to the second. Yes. Yeah. And f- and soccer, they just, ah, just get a feeling for it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's my give got to blow the spell. whistle about yeah. now. <laughs> ah, we'll give them one more play. One. And, and do you know what also frustrates me about this, Lemo? You know when soccer players get like kicked in the ankle or the foot or the yeah. big toe, they get yeah. stood on or something. Why do they then grab their head? Like, yeah. What happens there? They get kicked in the shin and then they the grab their head. It's, it's like it's biologically impossible for your head to hurt when you get kicked in the foot. We've got very far up at Give Me a Spell. This has been a long Give Me a Spell. It's been a long whinge. Oh. So let's get into something more positive. Yes. Our dead set legend. Dead set legend. Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Week. 4 and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. Mate, you are a legend. I'm going to the World Swimming Championships for our Dead Set Legend of the Week, 19-year-old Molly O'Callaghan. Four gold medals, if you yeah. don't mind. Wow. She has won gold in the 100-metre freestyle and the 200-metre freestyle, the first competitor to ever complete that double Amazing. at the World Swimming double. Championships. 
Yes, and she, in the 200, she broke the oldest standing world record in women's swimming. Wow. How With, old again? She is 19. Wow. So she will Star. be, pardon the pun, making a splash <laughs> in uh, Paris next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like <laughs> she, it. She is going to be bringing home a few that, gold. That was for corny, it. but I liked yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. I, I, yeah. I had to acknowledge it first. <laughs> um, but she is she is a dead set legend. Our swimmers have been going well. They're looking primed yeah. Yeah, for yeah. Paris. We're smashing it. You know when these teenagers and, and kids like perform these ridiculous sporting feats? Mm. Do you ever stop to sort of consider what you were doing at the same age? No, not no. sort of go. Oh, no, like why would you do that to well, yourself? I sort of at the pub a lot when I was nineteen, and this person is just showing extreme, incredible dedication and mate. I would spend days working out what to have for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's been fun with you too. Saturday Rob is up next. Enjoy the footy. We'll see you next week. That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Sportsbet. Follow your multi the easy way with Sportsbet's AFL Same Game Multi Tracker. Only with Sportsbet. Download the Sportsbet app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. These legends will be back next week. It's like Adele Santa Montana once back in the day. 